G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod. It's your boy Dossie here, talking all things AFL fantasy, continuing our team previews with the Melbourne Demons. Wait for that drop. There it is. Can you imagine being at a nightclub dance floor somewhere at 4am and then this just comes on? So good. Well, yeah, if you go and see Checkers live, I'm sure he busts these out of his DJ sets. But look, yes, we are talking the Melbourne Demons on the show today. We've been getting through all the team previews. And after this one, we've only got three more left. So get around it. It's been a good bit of fun this preseason for us to dissect each of these teams. And I'm doing it on this show with two two-time top 10 AFL Fantasy hat winners. We've got Holmesy and also John Harmy. Stato not joining us. So, uh, Harmy, you will be our buy-round expert for this show. Looking forward to fill those shoes on this one, the Melbourne show. Let's get through the team numbers for the Demons last year, finishing fourth on the ladder. But they were down at 10th for AFL Fantasy scoring, despite being... High up on that ladder, they were eighth for disposals, but still very effective in getting the ball inside 50. Number one for inside 50s, but sixth for marks inside 50. So they were getting the ball in there, but were they getting it to the right target? They were below average for kicking efficiency, which may explain that as well. Still managed to pump those inside 50s numbers by being the fourth best clearance differential team number one for intercept possessions and number one for hit-out differential with their dominant ruck, as always, and losing one, which we'll talk about in a second. But uh, first of all, go to you, Holmesy. The Ds, they've already had a stack of uh, media attention this offseason due to, obviously, the Oliver saga. We've also got the Joel Smith stuff as well. But can the Ds put this aside, have a strong 2024 campaign and be really relevant for our fantasy teams? Yeah, look, mate, to be honest, I could look in a year's time and, and this could sound really, really poor, but the way I look at it, I, th- I think they could be the team that falls and drops a little bit this year. They've kind of they've been up the top of the mountain for a while now. They won the premiership in 2021 and they've they've made top four the last two years, but we don't see sides stay up overly, you know, longer than this. And with all the Clary Oliver stuff going on and with that list getting a little bit older, I can potentially see them dropping off a little bit this year, but who knows what that means for fantasy. All right, well, let's look at the changes they made in the off-season with their movement. The trade period, the ins. Jack Billings comes across from St. Kilda after falling a bit out of favour over there. Shane McAdam comes across from Adelaide. I actually quite like his game. He's got a he's got a nifty bit about him, Shane McAdam. I think he'll actually do some damage for the Ds. Probably not in our fantasy teams, though. And also Tom Fullerton across from Brisbane. Outs. James Jordan to Sydney, James Harms to Western Bulldogs, Brody Grundy to Sydney, Michael Hibbard retired, and Luke Dunstan also retiring there. So going to go to our buy round expert now, John Harmy. Discuss the buy round, please. So they yes. do play the opening round, the Ds, but mm. they've got the round six buy, so a little bit of a buffer for us there, and then into the round 14 buys, their second one. Yes, thanks, Osby. Uh, expert, uh, loosely um, used term in this uh, case. They had the round six buy as their early buy, which if you were going to go with anybody with an early buy, it's a pretty good result, really. They only share it with Richmond, and there aren't too many Richmond uh, 
prospects for us in our starting lineups, I wouldn't have thought. So um, not too bad a case there if in round zero you have some Melbourne players that are pumping out big scores. Um, and then they have the round 14 buy as well. So you get a few weeks there. And that round 14 buy is not too bad because they share it with Gold Coast, Geelong, Essendon, Carlton and West Coast. So, um, you know, your little battling West Coast rookies, you would have made your money um, off and turfed them by then. So I think that it's not too bad um, for, for a round zero playing team, Doss. All right. Well, looking at the popular picks from Melbourne, 10 plus percent ownership is what I'm going off. Obviously, these numbers are going to fluctuate quite considerably with the opening round, but we're looking at it from this perspective at the moment, at the time of recording. Max Gorn, 92 average last year. Obviously, Brody Grundy is now out of the picture. The only guy there to back him up is is what Tom Fullerton, who they brought in from Brisbane. So I don't see, I think it's going to be Max Gorn solo. Most likely once more. Holmesy, you're just about his biggest fan. You've been a big supporter of the gun duo Rock set and forget. Max Gorn, Brody Grundy in the past or Max Gorn and whoever. 31% owners uh, agree with you here. But explain us why is this the case this year? Yeah, look, well, he played with Brody Grundy a lot last year, which has contributed to his average being a lot lower. He's, he's coming in priced at 92, but he actually does have an injury game in there of I think he got injured in the first quarter and only had a three or something like that. So that bumps that up automatically to 97. Um, and, and we know what he can do when he solo rucks. So I'm pretty sure there was a patch there at the end of the year when Brody Grundy went out permanently for the rest of the year. And I'm, I think Gorn averaged around that 113 mark. So I'm not saying um, he's going to be a 113 guy, but we haven't seen a, a, a Max Gorn solo ruck 80 plus percent role in about four years. He had Jackson as his understudy there for a while and he was he was doing that 65 to 70% for, for two years. Um, and then obviously uh, Brody Grundy came in last year and there was that bit more of a split. So I'm very bullish about what he can do. The caveat being that he is 32 years old, so he's not um, in his prime anymore. But I think with all, this, with all the off-field drama that Melbourne have had this year off another back-to-back um, straight sets exit, I think him being the captain of that football club um, they're going to come out firing, and over those first six rounds, he can get off to an absolute flyer. And the fact that they do have a bye so early means that you wouldn't expect him to have any in-game rests or anything like that in the at the start of the year. He's he's going to be good, and yeah, he can get us off to a very very good start and be close enough to to Marshall and English. Very well put, Holmesy. I couldn't have said it better myself, mate. And uh, looking at the with without numbers, which have miraculously returned for us from. DFS Australia over there. Absolute fantastic work. Um, 23 points better, basically, just about without um, Brody Grundy last year was Max Gorn. Averaged nearly 112 without him and only 89 with. Now, I saw some of the stat, stat gurus out there sort of, you know, going against a bit of the with without numbers because it doesn't take into account <laughs> venue, opposition strength, etc. I understand that, like. I just like those raw numbers. It's it's with and without a player. Like, come on, let's just can we just? Can yeah, we just well, you don't you don't need to be too too uh, accurate with it. But the fact of the matter is, he's going to be better without Brody Grundy in the side. He's going to be in that ruck around the ball a hell of a lot more than what he was when Grundy was there. That's obvious. So, really, I the only reason I'm I'm not going to pick him to start the year is if we don't have a playing R three, then it's going to be quite tough to cover him and Brody Grundy. So potentially, maybe you only want to start one with these early buyers, but.
hopefully we get a playing R3 that has some scoring potential and you can look at starting both. Yeah, well, Jordan Sweet's going to be in the number one ruck, so we can just pop him on the bench too there. Uh, all right, Marty Hoare, 307000 bucks, Harmy. He's not quite 10-plus percent ownership. In fact, Max Gorn was the only player from Melbourne with that type of num- with those type of numbers. Um, Marty Hoare, though, 307000 bucks. Look, he, we've already heard. There's already been some hype coming out of Melbourne about Hoare this preseason, about how much he just wanted his spot back. He dominated the VFL last season to really prove that he can do it again, Harmy. He's my D6 at the moment. Is, is he in your squad? I'm, I'm surprised it's only 9% ownership, to be honest. Yeah, we, we did a, um, a pods uh, podcast, I think it was the start of December, somewhere around there anyway, and I talked about Marty Hoare in that, and I think his ownership was less than 2%. It's now creeping up. Yep. It's uh, over 9 So fancy coaches are starting to twig, and yeah, as you say, there was that media article that said he would crawl over broken glass to get in the senior team. So, look, good signs for him. He averaged 103 in the VFL last year, um, 28 years old. I mean, why would they waste their time bringing him in if they weren't going to play him? So I think that um, yeah, there's a lot of good signs for Marty Hall this season. Yeah. Has not left my side since the game opened up. I think at the moment, until we see some games, he's, he's a good player as any to have there at D6. That's actually a lie, Holmesy. Uh, you said pre-show you've got a blank team at the moment, so <laughs> he's left his side now. Me. You got me, yeah. No, you, so it was not. It was nine point three one percent before I deleted my side. So, <laughs> All right. well, let's look at the top three averaging players from last year in the Demons and see if they're going to be relevant for us this year. Now, this is a very interesting one. The number one. Averaging player last year, Holmesy. I'm going to throw this one to you. This is the this is a tough one to answer. Clayton Oliver averaged 114 from 13 games. He's over one million dollars. Will you consider him as an option when he's back? We know right now we've seen him back in a little bit of training, certainly just ramping things up. Obviously, as outsiders, we have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. But um, look, we know how good a fantasy player and how good a footballer this bloke is when he's up and about. Yep, absolutely, Dossie boy. If he gets his uh, mental health right and he gets back to a stage where he's playing AFL footy, um, we don't know what's going on in the four walls, but I'll assume that he's done everything right. Um, He's Clayton Oliver is back and I'll be looking for that perfect time to jump on him. Hopefully he comes back a little bit slower and and his price can drop a little bit because his price tag is quite hefty at the moment. But um, definitely I'll be looking at it. Harmy wants to say something and he's always very negative when I say something positive, so I'm sure this will be great. Thanks, Harmy. No, no, I wouldn't do that to you, Kyle. And look, I was just going to say, he'd, it'd, be, it'd be great to pick him up as a bargain in uh, a draft comp, a hey, single-season draft, but there's always someone in the draft that chucks on the auto pick and then he'll probably go, go way earlier than he should do. But, yeah, keep an eye on him um, there and see if you can get him as a, as a cheap flyer. Christian Petrarca was the second highest averaging demon, 106 average last year. He comes in under a million bucks, not too far under though, Harmy, 957,000 bucks. Look, we're talking, why don't we talk from the other side? Could he, you know, pick up his average a bit with Oliver out of the side? I am dead set interested. I am seriously interested in Petrarca, priced at 106. But there's, if, let's say that there's no Oliver for the first four to six weeks. So let's say up until that first buy, he's the M1. 
Like there was patches last year, you know, he averaged 106 patches last year where he was playing forward. Um, and that's just simply not going to happen. So, yeah, I just think that um, he's averaged 102, he's averaged 110 in the past, but he could be well above that. So, yeah, I'm interested, mate. Interesting stuff, yeah. It's uh, seems like coaches aren't keen to jump on um, the value options from Melbourne despite the round six buy. I guess it's not as clear-cut value. Um, they're already quite highly priced, I suppose. That is the difference, but... Um, Look, without Oliver, I'm trying to look at these with without numbers again and pull them up. But uh, they're no good, Dossie. Them... Don't do it, mate. They're no good. Don't do it. <laughs> 113. Yeah. So 13 points better without Clayton Oliver um, in the side. So yeah, I know. So sorry, stat guys. Again, I do apologise for using those ones. But um, we're a rookie. We're a rookie podcast, Dossie. We are. We're... We're, yeah, we can just use them. Anyway. <laughs> we're uh, third highest averaging player. Another guy, as you. To speak to Harmy's point, if that does happen, it's all just hypothetical until we know where Oliver's at. But Jack Viney at 92 average, mm. you know, he can really score on his day, Holmesy. Is he priced at 92? I thought he was a little bit higher than that. Oh, maybe that's wrong. I'll I, think have a look. I think he's closer to 100. But 100. He, yep. 100, Is yeah, it? but he flew. Oh, sorry, yeah, but he flew home. So he still, his value on what he did in the, in the last five games, he had a, an unbelievable patch. Uh, but yeah, I don't think he he should be the M two uh, behind Petrarca. You would think with the their midfield, um, so potentially there is a little bit of upside. But uh, I always I tend to stay a little bit clear of these guys that have been in the comp for this long and they've never done it. It's you know why is it going to happen now? And and like Harmy said, if if Clary comes back in round somewhere between rounds four to six, then you need to jump off him ASAP and potentially you can't. So he's not someone I'm looking at, but. The data does suggest that he had a very good uh, back half to the year or a, a good last five or so games. 118 in his last five. Gee, I'm getting, I'm almost tempted to do that based on what Harmy said about Petrarca. If he is priced at, yes, apologies, 100 um, and priced $903,000. But gosh, um, if he has a big opening round, maybe he is one to consider. Yep. Interesting. Uh, let's move on to the rookie price players. There's quite a few that uh, fantasy coaches are kind of flagging. Not too many jumping on just yet until we do see those opening round scores. We've already talked about Marty Hoare. What can you guys tell me about any of these players? I'm keen to know if you know anything about any of these ones, but we've got Caleb Windsor, $282,000 mid forward. Bailey Lowry, he's been around for a few years now, 200 k forward. We've got Colton Tholstrop at $264,000 forward. Taj Woden, the son of 285k, and Blake Howes, 200k defender. These are the ones that fantasy coaches want to hear about on the show. Who wants to have a go here? I'll give you the I'll give you the cop out answer, Dossie. Is that we're just going to have a look in round zero to see who's named? Who was the Who was the defender last year um, who ended up playing 23 games for them, starting at 200k? Can't remember, can't remember his name. I think he scored a 14 in the preseason game, so none of us were actually looking at him. But he ended up being a slow burn and ended up playing 22 games and, and got his price up to about 380k. So they do they do give these young guys a crack. I'll, I'll try, try and find his name just off the top of my head. But, yeah, if someone plays in round zero, definitely have a look because Melbourne haven't been afraid to give the, the rookies that do play um, extended opportunity. Was it McVeigh? Beautiful. I think it was McVeigh. Yeah, that's the one. Um, McVeigh, yeah, 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 you're right. Look, um, Dossie, I'll have a couple of goes at this. Bailey Laurie uh, is an interesting one. He was a top 20 pick. 
um, highly touted, uh, but he has been plying his craft in the VFL, averaged 87 last year, likely to be a midfield role though, and when he comes in, I can't really see him playing in the midfield uh, for the Ds, but he did in the match sim the other day, played in midfield there, so uh, I think he's available as a forward too, a 200k forward, so not Correct. too bad if he, um, yeah, if he gets a game. Uh, who else did you talk about there? Uh, Tholstrup, I think he's a role player. For, like They targeted him, took him earlier than they potentially had to because they liked what he would do in the forward line um, at the Ds. Caleb Windsor is um, quite uh, highly touted, like quite well-credentialed as a top 10 pick, but um, not a, an enormous fantasy scorer from what I have seen. So there's a few uh, comments. Beautiful, mate. More than more than anticipated. And I know Blake Howes was one that uh, Louis sent through, but apologies, haven't done any research on that front. Sorry, D's fans, if that upsets you. Let's look at the points of difference, though. Angus Brayshaw, 770000 bucks with the 85 average. Seems to be recovered, I think, from all, all that, uh, that off-season issue while in the finals there, the concussion issues, cleared of all that. So, Holmesy, is he an option, though? Um, Look, it depends on his role, doesn't it? If he's playing as a defender or a midfielder, filling filling the shoes for a little bit. Yeah, it's so role dependent on Gussie Brayshaw, and that's that's been the knock on him in the past. He he plays wing, he plays midfield, he plays back, he gets thrown around. And to be honest, unless he has that really good inside role, he he struggles a little bit. He went ninety nine the year before off the back of some pretty big midfield numbers. I think he started in defense to start the year, but he moved more inside towards the end and, and that allowed him to go big. But yeah, I just, he's not one I'm looking at because of all the concussion stuff and I just think he'll get thrown around a little bit. But yeah, 85 is definitely unders on what he did the year before. Looking at Christian Salem at 700k as well, just the 78 average from him from 14 games, obviously injury affected year for Salem Harmy. Does he come in at value for us? No, I don't think so, mate. Price at 78, didn't you say? Nah. Nah, look, there was times last year when he didn't even look best 22. No offence um, to him. But, yeah, I just don't think he's somebody I'm Sure, he's listening. In. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, Christian. Christian. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about a guy that obviously I'm a fan of because he was in my team last year, probably a year too early there. But Please Trent, don't. Trent Rivers, 691K <laughs> defender. Have you seen him in the guts? In some trial simulation here, uh, Holmesy, could could he be one that gets more midfield time this year? Yeah, he could, Doss. He, he could get the midfield time, but whether that equates to a serious bump in scoring, uh, he's pretty awkward, no? 691K, what's that priced in the 70s somewhere? Yeah, 77. That's the thing. He's not cheap. You'd, you'd, need him to go, you'd need him to go above 90 at a minimum from that price point, and I just don't. Don't really see it with no. uh, Petrarca, Viney, and then Clary coming back. You know, maybe he starts there and maybe he gets bumped out when when Clary comes back. So I think it's just too awkward, Dossie. If he was in the 60s, maybe you'd look at it, but 77, you'd need a lot to go right. What's tough is I, I thought from memory last year, he just got actually got a fair bit of midfield, like center bounce exposure. And I was looking at it and he really didn't get that opportunity like almost at all. So if he does... You know, if his centre bounces really do go go up, and we do get to have a look at that role and what it looks like for him, 
in opening round, I'd definitely be tempted if, if he looks like a completely different player playing but in that role. What's he doing in those set of bounces, Dossie? Do you really think they're going to hit to him over Petrarca and Viney? Well, look look what Hayden Young's doing. Like, he's he's not the hit to. He's the tackler, and that's what they probably want Trent Rivers in there for as well. He's got that got that penetrating kick as well, similar to the Hayden Young mold of what Frio's trying to do with him. 3% for the total year, Trent Rivers, last year, so... I do wonder whether they want a similar penetrating kick in there just like Frio's doing. So we shall wait and see. Another player, though, that could get hashtag more midfield time, Tom Sparrow Harmy at $601,000. They've invested a lot of time in putting him in the guts over and over and over again. Um, Last year playing, I think he played just about every game and and 45% center bounce attendances. So they like Mm. him in that midfield mix. Could he be one to finally bump that up and become a real part of the rotation, especially with James Harms out of the picture as well, and as well as Jordan? Yeah, but 45%, he's already getting a fair chunk. Uh, he, he is somebody that they have invested in for a few years now, um, and he's had a decent run in there. If he gets a bump, I don't see it being a great deal. You know, It's not like he's going to go from 15% CBAs to 70%. So... Um, I think that he's, there's not too much upside for him. And just looking at the way that he plays, he's not a really high accumulator of possessions. So, he's a role player. Yeah. Role player. Yeah. So I'm going to say no. Priced at 67 in the midfield, mate. All right, Jack Billings, potentially a relevant name here to talk about Holmesy then. $538,000 forward, only the three games last year. But what role do you think he can have at the Ds? And, and is he an option, given we've got till round six with him? You know, is he an option? Jack Billings. Yeah, he is. I think I read somewhere over the last couple of weeks that he'd, he'd had a hammy injury already this preseason. I'm, I'm not too sure about that, but... If he suits up in the in the pracky games and, and round zero and we get a good look, I think you'll find that he's probably been recruited to try and fix that inside 50 delivery. We spoke about the fact that they were one of the better sides at getting it inside 50, but then it was coming out and they weren't really doing much with it. So I think he's probably going to be that high half forward, that link up man in general play to try and get the ball off the half forward to deliver it inside 50. But yeah, we've spoken about this lack of midfield depth. Who really knows where it lands? But on his on his price point of fifty nine, with our lack of forwards, if he's playing, he's someone we're going to have to look at because he's got scoring potential in the past. And all it takes is takes for him is to you know maybe regenerate a new club and, and get back to somewhere near his best, Harmy. Yeah, I just know that we've spoken about him before, and I wasn't very keen. But I guess for me, a couple of things have changed. Um, because I agree. I think that's that forward role, trying to get the bo- a better delivery inside their forward um, 50. So I wasn't very keen on him based on that. But now, no Oliver. And also, Lockie Hunter has got a calf injury, and they reckon he's going to miss at least the first two games of the season. So there's a possibility that he does get that uh, wing role as well. So just keeping a bit of an eye on him. Yeah, I reckon... Like I said at the top of the show, the popular picks for Melbourne at the moment, we've got one player over 10% in Max Gorn. I have a feeling opening round is going to really shift things around. I feel like the Ds might actually be quite fantasy relevant because if you're, you know, hypothetically again, if you are missing your number one averaging fantasy player for last year, things are going to change. There's going to be points, points up for grabs. Yeah, points up for grabs, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's going to be really shifting when we get get to have a look at them. A couple more names, uh, just... Uh, 
one frustrating one for us, Harmy, last year. Cozzy Pickett, 570k. Bit of a bargain. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jake Bowie. But uh, no, yeah, look, Cozzy Pickett. Um, Hang on, I'll, think, I'll save think, you, Harmy. I think there's two seasons in a row that... <laughs> there's two seasons in a row that they have um, talked up the Cozzy Pickett midfield time, but I haven't heard it this year because it's proven that it's not going to happen. And he is an impact player as a small forward and a good one. So uh, it's not going to happen. And he's fooled us before, and I'm not falling for it again. All right. Well, I think we should finish the show with the best pod of 2024 you know Gussie Brayshaw into the midfield Trent Rivers into the midfield that's leaving the back line open for Jake Bowie to blow up so can't wait to see that everyone jump on board Bowie after opening round when he drops a 150 takes every kick in god I love him uh, all right follow us on at PodPodAFL on Twitter YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Please leave a rating or review if you're enjoying these team preview podcasts. We've only got three more to go, then the marathon is over of these team previews and we can get back into business as usual. Until then, see you on the next podcast. Everybody.